And I think we've learned over the last year that while there's a tremendous amount of benefits to working remotely, uh, there are employees who don't love it. <laughs> they like being in the office. And so, you know, to your point, we do have to understand um, that everybody works differently in different environments. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Restart from AIGA, the Professional Association for Design. My name is Li Shan Huang, Design Education Manager here at AIGA and host of the Design Future Now podcast. The Restart is a content series that features conversations with design leaders, researchers, and educators to explore the new, now, and next in our ever-changing world. In this episode, I explore human resource lessons from the last 18 months of the pandemic with Nicole Bellina, Field Services Director at SHRM, the Society for Human Resource Management. If you're an employer or people manager, this conversation will help you start making sense of what we've gone through and how to continue adapting as we move forward. I'm Nicole Bellina. I'm a field services director with SHRM, or the Society for Human Resource Management. I have been with SHRM, part of our staff, for the last two years or so. I consider it a second career, if you will. I was an HR practitioner for almost 20 years before joining the SHRM staff. And this is sort of the next phase in my career, if you will. So it's been just a real treat to go from being an HR practitioner from that day to day into an organization that really helps frame the workplace and support not just HR professionals, but workplaces in general, people managers, and really addressing all things that have to do with the work worker and the workplace. So Nicole, for our listeners and our viewers who are not familiar with SHRM, could you tell us a little bit more about the organization? Yeah, absolutely. So SHRM is a professional organization based in Alexandria. We serve a membership of over 300,000 HR and business leaders globally. And in 165 countries, SHRM impacts the lives of more than 115 million workers and families globally. And so as this organization that has its view on the pulse of HR issues across different industries, you have been doing research over the course of many years, but focused today our conversation on the pandemic, the last 18 months to two years or so, you've recently published a report on some lessons learned for managers. Uh, can you tell us more about that report? Yeah, absolutely. So 2020 really was a challenging year to say the least. And it's now 2021, right? And so it's gone beyond a year. And we're looking back at 18 months, if you will, of just a really, really challenging time within the workplace and, and beyond, of course. But, you know, when it comes to what people managers have been dealing with and the lessons learned, there's sort of three factors that come into mind, which is communication, resilience, and empathy. You know, these are traits that we've seen are really important in the workplace as we forge ahead and continue to face new challenges. We've got the Delta variant that we're looking at today, right? And how these traits can help us move forward and continue to elevate our workplaces and really do the best, provide the best support that we can for, for workers, you know, and our teams. 
And so you have your pulse on like various aspects of different workplaces at that sort of macro level, it sounds like. Obviously, from our name, Society for Human Resource Management, at our core, HR, human resources is, is a big focus, of course. But in recent years, especially, HR has really gone beyond a function and a role and really has been seen more as a part of the larger strategy in a lot of organizations. And so going back to beyond HR and, and into every, every part of the workplace, really digging into the organization in a much broader way. In terms of the learnings, we've obviously been living through this pandemic context. Your report also touches upon some of the political issues and uh, racial unrest that was happening last year, but it was kind of ongoing. And so could you tie those issues together in terms of like how people managers should be approaching these issues? Yeah, absolutely. I think in the past, you'd often hear that politics, you know, things like that religion had no no place in the workplace, but now it's inevitable. And so managers were dealing with things, I mean, obviously tackling challenging issues like COVID, a delicate economy, they may have been handling layoffs, but they were also having to address these really intense political divides, as you mentioned. And so it really challenged managers to have to handle communication in a very different way. It wasn't just, you know, we don't talk about this in the workplace, but, you know, it kind of shifted to say, how do we talk about these topics in the workplace? Because they are very real and they're issues that were impacting workers coming to work every day. There were employees who were very, very impacted by the murder of George Floyd, very, very impacted by, you know, um, the insurrection at the Capitol. And so, you know, being able to create an open space and have a civil dialogue uh, within the workplace is needed. Being able to facilitate those conversations and say, look, you know, we may not see eye to eye, but we have to be respectful of, of each other's viewpoints and their perspectives. Um, you know, at the same time, sort of figuring out how uh, you know, understanding how workers were impacted by these different scenarios of civil unrest and understanding, you know, what they need to move forward, you know, to continue to focus on, I mean, the reality is they do have to come back to work every day, right? Uh, we do right. ultimately come, <laughs> we're, we're in the workplace to, to continue working and be productive. Um, so there's that balance of understanding the viewpoints having healthy communication, and then also kind of refocusing employees and saying, like, what do you need to get back on track um, as well? So really, really not an easy environment for even the most seasoned manager. So, uh, you know, (laughs) but it's the reality, you know, that really is the reality. Um, You know, and we see uh, in today's workplace that how workplaces handle these situations, um, that really means something to employees. Uh, you know, whether they can feel comfortable, you know, having different, different opinions and views and, and, you know, bringing those, those viewpoints to work respectfully. Um, <clears throat> you know, how an organization responds to the civil unrest. Uh, that we saw over the last, you know, we've seen different at different points over the last 18 months, that makes a difference, you know, so I think there's the sort of day to day 
people manager aspect of it of how do I do work with my team and talk them through this? But then there's the larger organization uh, response of, you know, as an organization, what is our stance on some of these topics and challenges? And how do we get our organization collectively moving forward? Yeah, one of the key takeaways that I got from that as an insight and an actionable strategy there was um, pointing out that due to some of these sensitivities, like some Black employees might not be comfortable talking to a white manager about this, but there was the suggestion in the report about suggesting maybe like a group conversation with other employees um, who are BIPOC or or whatnot um, to address some of these issues. So it's both about the manager and direct report relationship, but also thinking about uh, the broader culture in an organization and these employee kind of peer-to-peer relationships. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's a, a, I guess, a positive that has come out of some, you know, some of the civil unrest is uh, we are forced to address our differences, right, at work. And so, um, you know, many organizations have shifted uh, their focus or or put more resources into focusing on uh, being more inclusive workplaces, you know, focusing on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And to your point, you know, how can all employees feel comfortable with these challenges, you know, with these concerns, with these stressors outside of work, you know, how can we make them comfortable? And so, you know, to your point, we did see, you know, things more formal, like organizations creating uh, a diversity, equity and inclusion council, right, to kind of oversee these efforts. But then, you know, on a more uh, kind of tactical approach, um, you know, creating these these uh, employee-run groups where they can have these dialogues, whether it's a coffee chat or you know some sort of uh, facilitated discussion, to have those open conversations. Yeah. So pivoting back to more of the pandemic angle, you were talking about these more human connections, um, both whether in these uh, employee coffee chats or the back to the people manager, direct report kind of relationships. We've had this interesting paradox play out with the forced transition to remote work for a lot of office workers where there's been both more kind of humanity and intimacy, right? Because you see people's pets and their kids and their their nephew's bedrooms, in my case, um, (laughs) their own bedrooms. Um, But then there's also this distance, right? Because we haven't physically been able to connect in a lot of cases or um, just talk to somebody yesterday whose organization uh, nearly doubled in headcount over the last 18 months. And um, you know, they haven't met in person because they haven't been able to. So um, have there been any lessons there going forward, even if we can you know, meet in some cases um again, but um, in others, there's going to be remote work going forward or some hybrid going forward. What are some of the things we've learned there about relationship building in Zoom mediated spaces? Yeah, you know, anytime I sort of think about how communications evolved over the last 18 months, I think about, you know, the first couple weeks of the pandemic, you know, when we thought, that we this it would be temporary, right? Like we'd only be working from home for a couple of uh, you know a couple of weeks, maybe a month, and everybody was having uh, these virtual happy hours. And um, you know, my calendar for a couple of weeks, like I had these virtual happy hours or coffee chats, like 
almost every single day on my <laughs> and uh, I was I had joked and said wow my social uh, life is busier now than it was a month ago but then you know people kind of quickly tired of that right and so um, it's like we immediately wanted to sort of ensure that we were making connections and we over we almost kind of went overdid it right but you know i think that there the lesson to be learned is you know connecting we know that connecting over zoom uh, over you know virtual platforms can be difficult and we need to find you know a balance and be intentional about our communication and the time that we spend with our teams together you know i think that uh you know there's um Managers have learned that they need to, when they are on online, you know, meeting with their teams, they have to be focused on being present, you know, being there, listening, being really, really good listeners, but also, you know, learning to ask the, the right questions. You know, again, I'll go back to making good use of the time together. So asking clarifying questions, you know, taking the time to provide maybe any background information or add additional context about activities going on within the organization, giving progress updates to offer insight and, you know, figuring out how to be transparent because it's that delicate balance of being connected without being over, you know, (laughs) over connected, you know, but then also kind of breaking down those barriers. So people aren't feeling alone when they're remote, you know, and, you know, and being transparent about what's going on. Uh, You know, those um, uh, sort of informal waves in the hallway or, you know, quick conversations in the hallway, we, I think we realized over the last 18 months, we took those for granted. And so, you know, managers have had to be much more intentional about the use of their their time and and the communication they have with their teams. Yeah, that's a really great point about intentionality. And also we were talking about earlier of how maybe some of the measures that we were using uh, and adopting early on in the pandemic might not work anymore, right? Because yeah. it was great to do th- these virtual happy hours, or I went to so many Zoom birthday parties yeah. and you know, even like Zoom fitness classes. And now like the last thing I want to do because I'm on video conference all the time for work is to like do a social event that's also on Zoom, yes. right? But then there's <laughs> other alternatives. Like I've rediscovered the joys of just talking on the phone mm-hmm. uh, without the video conference with friends, right? Or even like asynchronous things like at AIGA, we have our staff Slack and there's a channel about like people's pets and cute yeah. animals yeah. or a channel on like art that we're interested in that doesn't all have to be work related, but it right. is replicating some of that uh, coffee talk kind of stuff yeah. asynchronously. Yeah. Yeah. We do uh, a few of those things at Sherm as well. And, um, you know, uh, one of our members shared that they actually started offering a stipend for their employees for, you know, things like the Calm app or the Headspace app where, you know, they could do um, some guided meditation, you know, and just, uh, or I know other organizations have done, you know, fitness challenges, like walking, you know, step challenges, things like that, where, uh, again, you can kind of be connected, but maybe not be online together uh, quite as much. Yeah. Or like you're doing similar things, but it doesn't necessarily have to be synchronous or, or connected to people, right? If you're all meditating on your own with the same app, like you still have a shared experience or uh, 
common reference point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's another dynamic that I've noticed with the remote work, which is that if you have an in-person meeting, you know, usually people start trickling into the conference room the physical conference room maybe a few minutes early and there is that kind of like okay we're getting set up there's some small talk chit chat that sort of human connection that happens and then you launch into the meeting whereas with zoom you're either you know in the zoom room or you're not in the zoom room but it's not the same as the kind of milling into the the conference room kind of dynamic so you know back to this word intentionality I've seen what works is when people have been more intentional about like, okay, well, the meeting was supposed to start at 9am, but we're just going to chit chat for a little bit and then go into the thing um, that we were meeting for versus, you know, before where it's like, okay, well, the chit chat happened before the official start time, right? So so these little little tweaks and just kind of um, surfacing these as more explicit. Um, Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, you know, I absolutely agree i um you know if i lead a call or a meeting i typically will if my schedule allows i'll i'll log in you know 5 minutes early or whatever so that way we do allow for, you know if if people can join earlier there is some time for kind of you know small talk if you will um <clears throat> you know i think the other piece of it too is taking time, you know, to kind of end conversations or meetings on a high note yeah. and focusing on on recognition. And so it may not be, you know, formal recognition, but again, kind of going back to, you know, just celebrating some of the the little things, the, you know, the small wins and um, recognizing those different team successes. I think those that can go a little of that goes a long way too. Yeah. So on the point of restart on the topic of this series, you know, we are kind of hopefully optimistic or cautiously optimistic about what's going on right now with an increase in vaccinations, but also concerns about uh, Delta and Lambda and all of these variants. But we do know that some sort of hybrid work situation will be a norm going forward. So can you tell us about some of the findings that Sherm has found in terms of uh, whether best practices or maybe just advice, things to try for uh, different hybrid situations going forward? Yeah, um, you know, I think um, there's certainly a hybrid work environment will certainly continue to challenge managers. You know, I think it's, uh, as we've learned, just leading in a different in a different way and, you know, really leading teams in general you know, you always have to understand that personal, you know, personalizing your coaching and understanding your team and what what makes them tick and, you know, how you can motivate them and, um, you know, how your messages really resonate with them. And so, um, you know, as we continue to work in that hybrid environment, I think we're looking beyond sort of like these one size fits all solutions. And so, you know, people managers really will have to dedicate more of their time to be leaders, you know, to, to some extent. Again, we go back to, you know, that communication. How can you stay connected to your team that is uh, remote? let's say, um, and then you may have part of your team that's in the office, or, you know, sometimes it switches back and forth where nobody's ever in the same place. Um, And so I, again, going back to being intentional with the communication, 
understanding that flexibility is important. And so, you know, maybe it's things like, you know, highlighting what the team, you know, what some of the remote team players are doing, you know, continuing some of these virtual, I mean, you know, finding balance with virtual meetings and and in person. Um, But, you know, I think we, one thing that we've learned is that initially, you know, I think everybody was very excited about being remote. Many uh, sort of top company organizations would um, promote remote work uh, as a benefit, you know, it's sort of a competitive advantage when they're attracting top talent. And I think we've learned over the last year that while there's a tremendous amount of benefits to working remotely, uh, there are employees who don't love it. <laughs> they like being in the office. And so, you know, to your point, we do have to understand um, that everybody works differently in different environments. And, you know, so finding that balance uh, will be the trick to, to moving forward. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, another piece of it is uh, organizations kind of reevaluating their benefits for a hybrid workplace. So organizations have uh, many organizations took a look at their their benefits, you know, beyond your sort of typical medical dental vision and said, like, they found things that were that their employees really, really valued over the last 18 months, whether it's telemedicine, you know, additional mental health support, um, you know, some people still now that things are, you know, kind of reopening, some people want that in person membership. Other people want, right. you know, a stipend to continue um, with to put towards their Peloton app membership on a monthly basis. And so, you know, I think there's going to have to be some flexibility about really sort of tailoring these solutions to the needs of their workers. Yeah. I think that word intentionality that keeps coming up and being deliberate about it um, is something to highlight, but also like trying to figure it out, right? Because I think we have these pre-pandemic trends that have now sort of swung away on the pendulum, right? Whether it was the the perks like the the fancy coffee machine or the snacks or the um you know the foosball table or whatever those things are. And it seems like we're still figuring out what some of these remote uh benefits might be that attract talent. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think another um another point too is being intent, you know, I'll go back to intentions, but looking at, you know, we've got a hybrid workforce looking at, you know, working hours, right? So, um, communication across different time zones. And if you have someone who has the flexibility, uh, you know, if you're, you're sort of, you have this work life integration and, you know, that's really a big focus for us at SHRM is, um, uh, not work-life balance, but work-life integration. So, um, what does that look like? And, you know, there may be people who, you know, will take time out of their day to bring their children to summer camp or, you know, uh, care for another family member during the day, bring them to doctor's appointments or whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, and then they opt to work in the evening, right? So there is that flexibility, but at the same time, you know, understanding that if you're working at eight o'clock at night, you can't necessarily demand a response, you know, or expect a response from the rest of the team, um, other members of the team who, you know, maybe they started their workday at 
6 a.m., right, on the East Coast. Um, You know, so I think, again, you can't, there's, uh, I think, blanket policies or, you know, what works for one person has kind of shifted, right? Like, you really do have to think through um, and be have a tremendous amount of flexibility to yield some some great results from your team and and really allow them to feel comfortable and kind of be authentic when they come to work every day. Yeah. So to wrap up a bit, focusing on Nicole Bellina of today of August 2021, if you could send a message in a time machine back to Nicole of March 2020, just before everything went down or shut down, what advice would you give to your past self based on what you've learned through this 18 months or so? Yeah. uh, You know, I think, um, gosh, flexibility and being agile goes a long way. And so, you know, for me personally, I'm someone who... I'm a planner, right? Like I Mm -hmm. like to plan out my day, you know, like I love my calendar. I really like to plan out my time, um, both personally and professionally. And, you know, if we've learned anything over the last 18 months is uh, nothing's guaranteed. And you, you know, you can plan all you want and you can come up with a great plan. You can come up with a backup plan. But you might need like plan D, right? And so, um, you know, for me personally, I think a a big lesson for me is uh, being flexible. And um, I certainly have learned to be resilient. And um, uh, over the last, you know, 18 months for sure. And so just knowing that I can't you know, you can only control so many things, right? You can control your outlook, you can control, you know, the uh, communication and um, the care and civility that you have between your cowork- between you and your coworkers and your teams. Um, but there's a lot of other factors that we cannot control as human beings. Right. Well, thank you for sharing that. Are there any final thoughts that you wanted to share with our viewers today? Yeah, you know, I think, uh, again, kind of look, reflecting back on the last 18 months, you know, I, I really think that as, as people managers, as, you know, organizations, you should, if you haven't, take a look back and, um, you know, do a check and see and really recognize how resilient uh, you have been, you know, as an individual, as a manager, as an organization, you know, I think that we have realized that there's more to us than, than I think we could have ever imagined. And, you know, the last 18 months were truly, truly challenging. Um, but I think, you know, we've seen that, you know, many managers have given the feedback that while incredibly challenging, you can be more effective. You know, you, you, you're more versatile of a manager. You're a more confident leader than you were 18 months ago. And so, um, you know, celebrating those successes and, and really being reflective of, of your challenges, I think is a, is what I hope, you know, managers and leaders will take away from the last 18 months. Well, Nicole Belina, thank you so much for sharing your insights, your learning, but also helping us to end on this high note about celebrating successes and learning and growth that 
people managers and just pretty much everyone working through this has been dealing with uh, during this time. So thanks again for your time. Great. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.